Wave at me if you can't. If you can't. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. So uh, I just have a few moments, I think, to, to, to pick up a few of the threads. Of course, I recognize some of the faces around from yesterday, recognize that others of you here weren't able to make it yesterday. And uh, I want to encourage you, actually, most of all, even more than listening to me, to listen to one another and to find some people who've been around and, and what was going on. Let's hear a bit more about Alex's story. Let's hear a bit more about these funny things that we were doing and, and what God's up to, because your community together, and that really matters. And I couldn't begin to, to pick up all of the threads, but uh, just one or two, and I, I sense the Lord say, say this in terms of uh, this, an invitation to keep on imagining, to keep on dreaming godly dreams. We talk about that in our age. Not every dream will do, godly dreams will do. And there's an invitation to you, I think, to keep on imagining, because as this, the, the testimony of the lovely lady there, the best is yet to come. And we always have to believe that as God's people. We need to keep on the front foot, keep pushing into what God has for us, and keep imagining. But also uh, something about facing the reality of the opposition to that. So something briefly on holy imagination but also holy examination, uh, just briefly this morning, and, and based on the two readings that we've heard. I quoted something that D.L. Moody said yesterday. He said, if God is your partner, make your plans big. And you have, and we want to really, we're so encouraged, Hills and I, by the big plans, the big visions, the big picture thinking, the big picture imagining that is going on in this church community. It's amazing your heart for the community, to build the community, to allow the grace of God so to fill you that you become that uh, extraordinary bunch of people who are agents of change and transformation for this area where you live. That is, as a church, a fantastic big vision, let alone the great vision associated with the building plans that you have. How about your individual dreams? Are you making your plans big as individual followers of Jesus? Ambition was one of the words that came out of the weekend. Are you ambitious for God? What, what does that look like for you? What is his big picture calling for you? I spoke about epitaphs. What would you like written on your, your gravestone, as it were? Because the best is still to come. What is it that you would like said of you? What are you aiming at? What do you think God has called you to as a follower of Jesus? I came across one more epitaph, by the way. I quoted a few silly ones yesterday. I found another one in my inbox this morning. Uh, Sir John Strange is the name on the gravestone. Here lies an honest lawyer. Now that is strange. That was interesting. <laughs> Make your plans big. Why? Because as the kids' song goes, we have a great big God and there are great big needs around us. Really big needs. In a world at its worst, another phrase from yesterday, we need the church at its best. A church firing on all eight cylinders. That's God's plan A for the changing of his world. The church at its best, being the church, doing the stuff that we've been called to do. And there's no plan B. We're it. We're God's plan. And Acts 2, 42 to 47, we just heard heard read there, seems to me if you're going to do some dreaming, some imagining about what church is like at its best, and you needed to pick a bit of scripture that summarized that, then that's a pretty amazing bit of imagining to start, isn't it? This community of normal people, but transformed by an extraordinary God, drawn together by him, but into a quality of relationship 
which is utterly remarkable. And great things happen in community like that. Great things happen in families like that. And we explored quite a lot of that yesterday under this banner of a church that cares, which we've been given to to share and to speak about and to explore just a little bit more. Quality of relationship, where relationships become authentic and real and people dare to open up to one another and dare to get close to one another. And in that place, iron sharpens iron, which can be painful, but it's okay. And where we're accountable to one another for how we're doing, and we're encouraging of one another. And there's a depth with one another. And we spoke about this word. It's another word over the weekend, one anotherness. The word in the passage was fellowship. Here's a contemporary word, one anotherness. And we explored together, didn't we, those of us who are there, some of these one anothers. If you haven't done that, I commend it to you. Look at the one another sayings of Scripture. I handed a few out yesterday and we we studied some of them together. Just let your imaginations roam over the kind of community which has already begun here, but which God has so much more for. Serving one another in love, bearing with one another in love, being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving the grievances you have against one another. Let's be real, we hurt each other. We explored that a bit yesterday. We're not to stay hurt, we're to sort out our stuff with one another by God's grace. Teaching one another, encouraging one another, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, never quite resting content because there's always more to explore, more of him, more things to aim at, and on and on. Imagine that kind of church family. Let your dreams be godly ones. Imagine a church family where hundreds of kids get secure in the love of Jesus, where hundreds of teenagers know their identity as followers of Jesus Christ, where older people are gently showing younger people how to put down deeper roots and become more secure. And friends, where younger people are showing those of us who are a bit older how to stay reckless for the kingdom of God. We need each other. Do you imagine a community where we fight for really great marriages? Where we fight for really great parenting and great and godly grandparenting? where we fight for great friendships, where masks get taken off because freedom in Christ is not just a slogan or a course, it's a reality in the way that we relate to him and to one another. Where every believer takes responsibility for their own growth and their walk in Jesus and is equipped and empowered and inspired to live out their faith in Jesus on their front line, your front line, wherever your front line is, it might be in your workplace or at the school gates, or in the coffee shop, or at home, or among your friends, or wherever. And we could go on imagining, and I pray that you will. And what happens, the last verse of the reading that we had from Acts 2, people get saved. This is, friends, this is mission. This is part of the great commission, part of the great commandment. Why are we here on earth? Why hasn't God already taken us home to be with him in heaven, where there's no more brokenness, no more tears, no more suffering. Why, why has he not done that yet? Answer, because there's still work to do. Plan A is still in operation, and we're part of it. And this is such a key part of it, being that church that cares, that church that does one anotherness really, really well by the grace of God. And we all sign up for that, and we all go, yes, 
Lord, that sounds amazing. And thank you that we've started. And thank you for where you've brought us to already. And yes, we want more. And yes, I want to go deeper with my neighbor and my friend. And yes, I, I, I want to risk the adventure of sharing my story. Maybe you're somebody here who's never really shared the story of what Jesus is doing in your life. Can I encourage you to do that? Can I urge you? Can I plead with you, actually, to do that? Because it's so powerful. It's one of the tools that God has given for us to use to bless one another and to build his church and become that community that is so attractive that people almost can't help but join it and come to faith in the Lord. And we sign up for all of that and we go, yes, absolutely. That is a compelling vision and I'm signed up. But then we go, it's hard. There are some resistance factors. It's difficult because we do get hurt or it does seem a bit scary And friends, we shouldn't be surprised about that. And can we just encourage one another in that too? We're in a war zone. New Testament makes that very clear. We're in a battle. And the battle isn't against people, and it's not against your your neighbor who ridicules you for having faith, and it's not against uh, the government or, or, or people who have a go at Christians. It's against the principalities and powers. It's against evil forces in the world that are seeking to destroy followers of Jesus and prevent people from coming to faith in him. That opposition represents itself in so many different ways. The world, the flesh, and the devil. We talk about that. We recognize some of the opposition is within us. We talk about spiritual warfare. So much of spiritual warfare happens in here. It's about what I believe and what I don't believe, and the lies and the baggage and the deceptions and the seduction of an enemy who would have me live a life of comfort and stay within my comfort zones and uh, keep everything managed and controlled. So many battles. We're to put on the full armour of God and engage in the battle. GCSEs are happening, and one of our children is doing GCSEs at the moment. I'm sure you know people who are too. AS levels, A levels, they seem to go on and on and on. There's lots of examinations happening. There's lots of tests happening. There's lots of trials, if you like, and that's part of life. And in the story of the Old Testament there, there are... Some things to be knocked down in the battle. There are some walls. There's Jericho, surrounded by its wall. And what lay within the wall was the thing that God was calling the people to. That vision, if you like. The the more, the much more that he's calling you to as a community and as individuals. But you can't easily grasp it because there's some stuff to overcome. There are walls around it. And some of those walls will be external pressures. Many of them will be the pressures within our own hearts, actually. And we were looking at that yesterday, too. And we were allowing God, the Holy Spirit of God, to do what he does, which is to examine us, actually. Psalm 139 says, search me, O God. In other words, I give you permission to search my heart, to shine your holy light on who I am. So I'm not judging others and what they're like, but Lord, who am I? And how am I doing? And where is it that I put up walls around my heart? Resistance factors to the more that you want me to enter into, to the more faithful obedience, to the more uh, worshipful devotion to you and to other people in community. What are those resistance things? What are the walls that you are wanting to knock down by your spirit? And we don't have time in this little message now to examine those but my encouragement to you is to dare to pray that if you haven't recently we did yesterday I'm sure you do regularly but that prayer that says Holy Spirit show me show me what my walls are and then in your strength and your grace and with the help of loving people will you help me to to knock them down 
so that I can enter more fully into the promise, into the territory that you have for me and for us, the more, that deeper vision, that greater imagining. And by the way, how did the walls of Jericho get knocked down? The people circled them. It was God's strategy for that battle, but the people circled them. And they kept circling them, and they kept circling them. And then God did something. See, there's always God's part, and then there's our part. And I think our part so often is to circle things in prayer. We're reading a book at the moment. We're loving it by a guy called Mark Batterson, called The Circle Maker. And he talks about keep circling and keep on circling those things that you want to see change in your life and other people's lives. And keep praying and keep pressing in. And keep on doing the things that you know you've been called to do. And allow the Holy Spirit of God to do his thing. And walls will come down. And maybe they're about disappointment for you. Past hurts. Maybe they're about allowing unforgiveness in your heart to build up. And be that resistance factor that you simply can't move beyond. Because you're carrying something against somebody else. Even within the fellowship. We spoke about those things. We allowed some of the light of God to to shine on those things. Would you dare to do that? I had one particular word, if I may, if you'll allow me, just coming down here. Uh, Of all the many things that those walls might be, and uh, friends, I'm going to speak to the men. I believe that one of the things that cripples us from being the men of God that he has called us to be is fear that we allow to dominate It's every human being's experience that we're afraid of things. That's why God says 365 times in the word, don't be afraid, fear not. He knows that we're afraid. But I just felt him saying, and especially to the men, if you'll forgive me for saying so, we need to be, by the grace of God, overcomers of those fears that hold us back. And we need to take courage, be encouraged, literally, by the Spirit of God. And to receive that courage that enables us to move beyond that fear that holds us back. That holds us back from sharing at a deep level with one another. That holds us back from uh, being more active and staying passive as so many uh, men in the Western church are. From being hungry for the more of God that he has for us. From being less concerned for our reputation and what people think of us. And if fear is one of those things that you know is holding you back. That's something of the wall, the Jericho in your heart, and you're a man of God here. I I want to plead with you again and encourage you, as I pray for myself in that, I'm a fearful man at times, uh, that we allow uh, God into that, that we keep circling that, and we pray for transformation. So keep dreaming godly dreams. Keep imagining. Keep being inspired, literally inspired, breathing in the Holy Spirit of God, allowing him to fill you so that you fulfill everything that he has called you to. Great things are happening in this place. I want to commend you so much. We've been so encouraged. Keep going. Amen.